Hey guys, it's Edna, I'm coming to you live from the Drug Gossip Studios here in New York City. And we have a chock full of episode for you today. And I don't know what that means either, really, I don't. Um, it sounded good in my head. So, this year, this 2019 seems to be the year of stars who kind of fell away and don't work very much anymore coming back. Um, The biggest example of this is Charlize Theron, who has steadily worked, um, but then she took a few years off, and now she has a new movie with Seth Rogen called um, Long Shot. It's a romantic comedy. Um, and she's been out there, she's been doing press for it, and, but there, there is something really strange going on with Shirley's, though, and I don't say that as someone who, who dislikes her, I don't have a problem with Shirley's, but, she's been saying some really strange things, um, last week her big quote was, um, that she's been single for, like, ten years, and, she just needs a man to grow a pair and be with her. And here's the thing. I, I truly believe that you have to be okay being single and being okay being by yourself before you can be with anyone else. And I know people are going to roll their eyes or call me all, all sorts of names, but that is something I truly do believe. Um, it doesn't make any sense to whine and complain about being single if you're not okay with yourself. Because if you're not okay with yourself, how is someone else supposed to be okay with you? That's just kind of my thought. But then, she did an interview with Howard Stern, and things started to kind of fall into place a little bit. Because she alleges that when she started acting, she was 18 or 19, and she went to a producer's house, and allegedly he made a move on her. Here's what she had to say. It's crazy, and girls talk about this where you just go blank. You don't know what to do, but I left. I don't even know how I got out of the house, but I left and I was driving my Ford Fiesta that I was renting up Laurel Canyon, and I was so angry with myself that I didn't say something. Why did I not tell him to go fuck himself? It made me so angry. So people are speculating on who this could be. Um, Her first movie role was um, in Cedar House Rules, which was the Tobey Maguire starring movie that I think was supposed to like land him an Oscar. Um, Which that movie was produced by none other than legendary sexual harasser Harvey Weinstein. But I don't think this is him. I, don't, I, I, for one, really don't know, because she didn't really give very many clues. Um, but I'll, I'm going to tell you why I don't think it's him. Because from my understanding, she didn't get the role, because she didn't sleep with the producer. Um, so, that being said, um, you know, there are also some people who are complaining about her waiting to come forward and say something. And I'm going to say what I've said all along. 
it is the victim's choice when they come forward, if they come forward. Given the misogyny and the horrible, horrible insults that are thrown at women who do step forward in the Me Too era, it's not surprising why some of them wait or don't don't come forward at all because who wants to be called a liar who wants to be told oh you should have come forward sooner they shouldn't have to do anything that they're not comfortable with you know and i i've said this before i'm going to continue to say it because it's true they no one has to come forward and say anything if they don't want to Charlize decided to share in an interview with her friend because she chose to, and that's that's wonderful. Um, as for how this connects to her dating life, I wonder if she wasn't so traumatized by this um, that she she's kind of cocooned herself. Uh, I'm not a psychologist, um, much to my family's chagrin because I was supposed to be, but um, in any case it would definitely seem to be a possibility here. And what I do know for certain is I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> so, Lori Lachlan, it seems like every other day there's something new with this with her case. Um, on April 29th, she entered a of not guilty along with her husband Massimo now this is not a big surprise um, she's she's been saying this for a while now um, they face money laundering charges um, wire fraud um, some I've met, something with ma- fraud using mail conspiracy. I don't know. Um, I could look up that charge, but I just don't want to because it's not one of the. Um, it, it's what Felicity Huffman pleaded guilty to, um, but it doesn't really have a big effect on Lori Lachlan's case. Um, so, what what's being said now is she feels like the only way to clear her name is to take this thing to trial. Even though she apparently realizes there's a chance that she can um, be found guilty, um, she's not really worried about a conviction because she thinks that she's going to be able to prove that she had no idea what was going on and she's just this victim, which seems to be... Um, pushing away from the strategy that we talked about last week where her and Massimo were going to throw one under the one of them under the bus in order to protect their daughters um, from having both parents go to jail. Or maybe this is part of that strategy. I don't know. Um, but here's what a source says. Lori feels like so much damage has been done publicly that the only way for her to counter it is to fight this case in court. She feels like once all the evidence is presented, that people will understand how things happened. We know how it happened. 
you went to this guy to get your daughters into school without it being legit. You paid for him to make fake um, fake profiles for them to get on the, the crew team. This is not a difficult thing to understand here. The source continues. She doesn't want to spend time in jail, but she knows that any sort of plea or, convic- or conviction at this point will include jail time. Her only chance of avoiding jail is to go to court and be found not guilty. So, here's the thing. When your whole legal plan rests on being found not guilty, that's a problem. Uh, and I'm not trying to be facetious here, but you have to have a strategy. And the, apparently the strategy is for them to use the evidence to paint a different picture than what the prosecution is um, painting. The source, um, the source continues, everyone has seen snippets of the evidence, but there's a lot more out there. When you look at it in context, you can argue that this is a woman who didn't understand exactly what she was doing, and she was being counseled and guided by a, by a man who this was his area of expertise. When the evidence comes out, she'll have a case to make. At this point, if she pleads guilty, she feels like the mitigating evidence will never see the light of day. No, 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 no. I, and yes, I realize I sounded like Willem. Um, but here's the thing. You, she's trying to. In the, I mean, I know this is what happens all the time with both sides. But you were caught red-handed. There are trails of emails. There are recorded phone conversations. The only, honestly, the only way out of this is to accept your fate and plead guilty. Because to go further and try to exonerate yourself. To, um, to try and whatever it is that they're trying to do it's just not going to work it's, it's I, I sound like a broken record and I realize this but you know personal responsibility is very important here I think maybe if she had come out in the beginning and said, hey, I didn't realize um, this is what he was doing. I thought he was doing X, Y, Z. Maybe they could have made a case. Um, But she, the very first thing she said was very defiant in that she was doing what any good mother would do to get her child into um, a good school. And that's where I think, um, I think that's going to be her downfall. And I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So this story is kind of strange and I have, I I have some opinions on it, um, which you're going to hear, I promise. (laughs) So... We all know Les Luna Moonves um, was fired from CBS late last year because of sexual harassment claims. 
And, and sadly, that's not even why he was fired. Which I think is a very important distinction to make here. He was not fired because he sexually harassed women. He was fired because he impeded the investigation and tried to hide evidence. And, you know, for me, that's just like, why? Why would you do that? Um, You know, he could have probably walked away with his job. Or, at the very least, with his golden parachute of, like, $300 million. Um, It wouldn't have been right by any means or stretch of the imagination, but he could have... He could have walked away with it. Well... There's another Mugenvez family scandal... Um, that's starting to boil up now. Les's son Adam fathered a daughter um, with with an ex-girlfriend. And the girlfriend has gone on the record to say um, Adam's not paying her enough in child support and you know, she lives in a Chinatown, which Chinatown is a neighborhood in New York City. Um, apartment that's filled with roaches. And she blames Adam. Here. Here's what um, the Gina, the Adam's ex-girlfriend, has to say. Adam Adam lives a life of luxury. He's basically a party boy and lives in between New York and L.A. He has a beautiful apartment near Union Square, but he seems fine with his daughter living in poverty. There's roaches in our apartment, a teeny tiny china box. I found a roach on our high chair this week. I can't do laundry downstairs because there's roaches in the washing machine. I keep the apartment super clean, but I am worried about Aerie's health. Ari being um, the daughter, of course. Adam's $2,500 a month just about covers health insurance and rent, but leaves me nothing for food. I work two days a week and the rest from home. I want to support my daughter, but Adam's lawyer suggested it would be better if I give up work because it doesn't make financial sense. I can barely afford food for us. I walk everywhere so I don't spend any money on transport. I live extremely frugally, but still but still, I can't make ends meet. I asked Adam's mom, Nancy, for help, but she said the family doesn't want to talk about money. She told me Adam is doing the best he can. He doesn't work, so this is all he can afford. So, here's the thing. I, I, and I truly believe this. When raising a child, it should be 50-50. No matter if you're married, um, together as um, together as partners, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Or if there was a breakup, everything should be 50-50. Now, of course, Adam 
allegedly can afford more since he is Les Moonves' son. And uh, Les Moonves is worth something like $700 million. But here's the thing. And this is a lesson that my dad taught me. Less his money is less his money because he's the one who earned it. Now, if he chooses to give it to his son, that's that's his choice, of course. But it seems like Gina wants more money from from Adam because he has a rich father and thinks that you know money just comes easily, but that's not true. You know, I'm sure if if I needed help with something, I could go to my dad and ask. But that doesn't... I would have to... First of all, I would have to ask. And that doesn't mean that the money is going to be forthcoming. So the point here is... You know, I get it. Like, you were advised not to work. But guess what? It's still your choice. And if you feel like you need to work or if you're having trouble... Go work. Um, it's the thing, same thing I said about Kevin Federline. You know, he keeps asking for more and more money from Brittany for child support. But all he does is sit, sit around and fucking make more babies for Brittany to support. And they're not even her kids. Um... So, Adam's attorney kind of jumped into the fray. Um, His attorney's name is Kevin McDonough. And he said, Adam has always been committed to supporting his daughter, Ari. Adam began his support voluntarily well before she was born. Adam has continued to provide substantial support and will do so for Ari's lifetime. Adam and his family love his daughter very much and deeply regret that others have chosen to publicize a private issue. Any claim that Adam has not met and exceeded his financial obligations is demonstrably false. And they go on to say that Adam actually just paid a $4,000 hospital visit um, for Aerie. And I think, and I'm going to get a lot of crap for this, and I'm not sorry for saying it though. But... I really feel like this was taken public because to try to shame shame Adam into giving her more money. I hope I'm wrong, but that's honestly what it seems like to me. And it also seems like I'm going to go and come right back. And I'm back. So, <clears throat> if you guys don't know... I participate in an event called Creativon. It happens in New York City two to three times a year. Um, last year was less because they ended up canceling one. Um, and I was out of town for another. But generally speaking, I, I like to do it as much as possible because it's really fun. Um, and, and we've run into some technical issues, which, 
And this is a topic that we'll probably discuss again because um, Game of Thrones is something that Will really loves. And, um, yeah, he, he really loves it. And um, he, he will talk to me about it all the time. So I'm sure he's going to want to discuss this week's episode. There are no spoilers in this segment, just so you know. <laughs> I felt like that was really important to say here. Um, anyways. So, um, the last episode that aired was the Battle of Winterfell. And there is already backlash, not because of the storyline or anything. Um, people actually thought it was really badass. But people are starting, some fans are starting to complain that it was too dark. And again, I don't mean in the story sense. Because how do you watch Game of Thrones and not expect it to be dark? Instead, the actual lighting and camera work wasn't great. And. You know, people are saying, you know, this is supposed to be a big budget show and how can you not afford better lighting and whatever. And let me tell you, sometimes sometimes these technical difficulties just pop up and there's no way to fix it. You know, of course, they have millions more in a budget than I do. But um, me, Leticia, and Natalie being in a movie last year called Big Globe and with Big Globe we we kind of concocted this whole um, satire based around flat earthers and we we filmed it outside, um, and we, for the record, when we started filming, it wasn't windy. And then when we finished, we went back and we heard um, the wind really drowned us out, which I think was part of the reason why um, we didn't end up winning one of the prizes. But, the other side of the coin is, we learned a lesson, like, we, we know now we should probably only film inside or, um, get, like, says, is only going to capture our voices. Um... I don't know what happened. You know, maybe it could have been an aesthetic choice. Um, you know, my film teacher... Um, my film teacher actually has said sometimes the way you light something is really uh, a, a, a choice to kind of set, not only set the mood, but frame the, frame the story. And I'm sure she has a lot of thoughts on how this happened and how this went down. I just haven't talked to her about it. 
And I haven't really talked to Will about it yet either. Um, because as you know, Game of Thrones airs on Sundays. And it's only Tuesday. Um, so I don't know if he's watched it yet. And he has a really busy week ahead of him. So. You know, I, I will talk to him. I want to see what his thoughts are. But. It, it's not uncommon for these kind of technical issues that happen. Even with the big budget. Um, you know, I was watching... I was watching Love, Simon. Which probably had an even bigger budget than um, this episode of Game of Thrones. And, like, some of the lip syncing was off. Which, I mean, it happens from time to time. Um, I, it's happened with, with Cougar Town a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to tell the fans, enjoy the show for what it's worth. There's only three more episodes left until you don't have it anymore. So, appreciate the show now. And dread the inevitable reboot that happens in a few years. And no, I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So the original um, big story of the day that I was gonna talk about, I actually decided to push off. Um, I'm gonna talk to Will and see if he can help me with some research. Um, and we're gonna do a big um, deep dive episode into it. So instead... <clears throat> Let's talk the Tony nominations. Um, there were there were quite a few surprises, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. And, okay, so I know leading up to the Oscars, we had a bunch of different segments. Um, and Will and I actually um, recorded a video of our predictions for um, who would win and whatnot. Um... That's not. That's probably not going to happen with the Tonys. Um, I think this might be a one and done, because the to- there's very little scandal surrounding the Tonys. They're they're fairly concise and um, and they get things done, <laughs> as opposed to the Academy. <laughs> it sounds mean, but it's true. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't deliver some shockers. So. Obviously, this is not a complete list. For a complete list of all the Tony nominations, go to Deadline or Variety um, or any of the the major blogs. Um, they'll, they should have them. I'm only going to do um, a few of them, and then we're going to talk about the snubs. Um, So, one of the things that was really kind of surprising here is that there weren't a lot of musicals that opened. And there were a lot more plays. Um, I think there were something like 20 plays as opposed to only 13 musicals that opened. Which is kind of weird to me. 
Um, anyways, best musical. Ain't too proud to beg the life and times of the Temptations. Beetlejuice. Hadestown. The Prom. And Tootsie. Um, best revival of a play. Arthur Miller's All My Sons. The Boys in the Band. Torch Song. The Waverly Gallery. Best play. The Ferryman. What the Constitution Means to Me, Ink, Choir Boy, and Gary. And now let's look at some of the actors that were nominated. Best Leading Actress in a Musical, Stephanie J. Block, The Share Show, Caitlin Kinemune, The Prom, Beth Lavelle, The Prom, Ava Noblezada, Hadestown. Kelly O'Hara, Kiss Me Kate. Best Leading Actor in a Musical. Brooks Ashmanskas, The Prom. Derek Baskin, Ain't Too Proud. Alex Brightman, Beetlejuice. Damon Dano, Oklahoma. Santino Fontana, Tootsie. Um... Best Actress in a Leading Play, Annette Annette Binning, All My Sons, Laura Donnelly, The Ferryman, Elaine May, The Waverly Gallery, Janet McTeer, Bernhardt, Hamilton, Laurie Metcalf, Hillary and Clinton, Heidi Schreck, What the Constitution Means to Me, Best Leading Actor in a Play, Jeff Daniels, To Kill a Mockingbird, Brian Cranston Network, Patty Considine, The Ferryman, Adam Driver, Burnness, Jeremy Pope, Choir Boy. So, these are all fairly standard. Um, two, two of the biggest snubs in the best play category that surprised people were To Kill a Mockingbird, which has rave reviews. And it keeps breaking um, its own records at its theater. And Network, which again, rave reviews, um, packed houses. Um, I'm also kind of surprised that Brian Cranston didn't get a nomination for, for Network in the Best Leading Actor category. I'm not sure why that is or what happened. You know, I'm not. I'm obviously not privy to, to this. But the one that surprised me the most was the Share Show not being nominated in Best Musical. Um, for sure, I don't. I don't think he was going to win. I think the Prom is going to walk away with it. Um, but not to not even be nominated. That's usually the death knell for a musical. Uh, But of course, this is a different kind of Broadway now than um, when I first started tracking it. What I mean by that is... um, Ten years ago, even five years ago... The critics' notices um, and Tony nominations... Were really the bread and butter um, of of a musical. Or... Or even a stage play. Uh, um, 
they, you know, if, a critic, if the critics hated the show, it was shut down. And to be sure, the Cher show has mixed reviews at best. But it seemed to really come together um, and has been a force to be reckoned with um, in terms of um, box office and whatnot. But, um, and, you know, the lack of a Tony nomination definitely won't be the death knell for this show. And the reason why I'm saying that, and I'm saying that with such confidence, is because you have name recognition, um, beloved songs, which I think is probably going to be um, the thing that really helps it the most. Um, Same thing with Network. Um, But I think Network has already set its closing date, which, and that really could be why um, Network didn't get it, because why, why give an award or even a nomination to a play that you already know is closing? Um... With To Kill a Mockingbird, it's a a surprise snub because everyone really does love it. Aaron Sorkin apparently did a phenomenal job. But I think Scott Rudin, the producer, really kind of screwed up the chances there. Here's why. Uh, Obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird, we talked about it um, in, in Gossip in the Hood. Or Boys in the Gossip, I forgot what the episode is called. <laughs> um, is Harper Lee's seminal work. She will forever be known for that. And, and not only known, but beloved for that work. And so there have been many community theaters who have put on stage productions of the show. Well... Scott Rudin went and got sent his attorneys after a bunch of people saying that he had the rights and they they couldn't do this and it wasn't okay. Yada, yada, yada. And that really, really turned everything around. Um... You know, that was probably, that probably created a lot of bad will within the nomination process. And I don't think any amount of, of goodwill that had been built up could have re- replaced that or accounted or done anything to take that bad taste out of people's mouths. Um... Yeah, I, you know, I just think that was a really bad look. <coughs> we almost made it an entire episode without me coughing. Um, and it's really ironic because I was just about to say <laughs> that I was going. So, <laughs> I'm going to go. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>